0: Hi, this is Michael Dorn, Lieutenant Commander Worf from Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, and you're listening to Trek FM. Helling frequencies open, you've tapped into Trek FM's hyperchannel. I'm Chris, publisher of Trek Film, and this is where we talk about what's happening in the world of Star Trek news. In this episode for January 12th, 2016, we head back to the 80s, To the time of five and a quarter inch floppy disks. This is a story from Ars Technica by Megan Guse about a huge collection of Gene Roddenberry's floppy disks that have been recovered by a company called Drive Savers. This caught my eye immediately because I also used to have a huge stash of five and a quarter floppy disks back in the day. A lot of you guys listening probably have never even seen one of these disks in person, at least in my experience when I talk to people who are under the age of about 40, at least 35. When you say floppy disk, they only know the little 3.5-inch hard ones, but these are the bigger ones that you could actually bend. They were very flexible. And they were everywhere back in the 80s. The big difference between mine and these from Gene Roddenberry is that mine didn't have stories on them that would change the world. According to the story, Roddenberry moved from his famous typewriter to a pair of custom-built computers and very interestingly to me, custom-built operating systems. Eventually he started using the same standard computers as you and me, but these custom-built ones are what he used to create the data that's on these floppy disks, which includes notes, scripts, and story ideas. It's it's kind of interesting to me because I had computers in the 80s myself people had the Commodore 64. That was very common. And before that, the VIC-20 was very common. Another computer by Commodore. And the Commodore 64 had a floppy drive that you could get an external one. And because those computers were around, and then there were other things like the TRS-80 from Radio Shack, which was very popular. We had those in my school. It's kind of surprising that Roddenberry would have a custom-built computer, and only two of them. And a custom-built operating system. But, you know, that's what people did back in those days with computers. So, there you go. But the thing is, they were custom-built. And that's why the disks ended up in the hands of drive savers. Without access to these computers, one was auctioned off years earlier and the other no longer worked. There was no way to read the data on the floppies. And not only because the physical computers weren't available, but it was a custom operating system. So you can't just put these floppies into any computer today, even hooking up something that can read five and a quarter inch disks, get the data off and read it. Even with mainstream computers, you have some of that problem. I have a lot of stories that I wrote back in the late nineties and the early two thousands that I wrote in Apple Works. And I can't open those files anymore. They're on my computer, but I don't have anything that still runs that can read those file formats. Now, I don't need those particular files. I have those stories saved out as HTML because I used to write them and put them online. But uh, the original files, you know, I couldn't read. So you can imagine the problem being faced here with this data on these floppies from custom-built OSs on custom-built computers. Very interesting situation, something we don't think about today. So DriveSavers got the discs because the Roddenberry estate sent them the discs to see if the data could be recovered. The process took three months because DriveSavers had to actually write software in order to be able to read the data. Now that the data has been recovered, it will be interesting to watch over the course of this 50th anniversary year to see if any of it will be revealed to us fans I don't know if it might be part of the Roddenberry vault, as you know from an earlier story that I did here and just reading online, Roddenberry is releasing one piece of memorabilia from the Roddenberry vault every day on the Roddenberry Facebook page. So I don't know if this might find its way in there later in the year, or maybe it will just be revealed to us in some other way, but could be really cool. I think it would be really cool to get an additional look into the creative process of Gene Roddenberry, and also to see what ideas related to Star Trek he might have had that were never developed. I can't wait to see where this story goes. I'd also like to send out a big thank you to Megan, who I mentioned wrote the Ars Technica piece that I'm referencing here, for including mention of our own 50th anniversary rewatch project from there to here in her article. It's awesome that Megan helped get word out about the rewatch, through such a high-profile site as Ars Technica. I was really surprised. I was looking at our metrics, and then uh, one day we had this big spike in people downloading, especially the first episode of From There to Here. Of course, we're only in the, uh, as I record this, I guess we're in the 11th day of the release, so it hasn't been going that long. But I saw this spike, and I was wondering, well, where did that come from? So I looked at the sources, and I saw Ars Technica, And I thought, Ars Technica? Really? They're talking about our rewatch show? And then I went over and found that it was indeed in this article. So thank you so much, Megan, for that. I really, really appreciate it. I'll put a link to her original article in the show notes so you can go check it out. All right, that's it for today. Let me know what you think about the story and what you think we might find on these floppy disks. You can share your thoughts with me in the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field and it will come right up. Or you can hit us up on Twitter if you're not on Facebook. Our username is TrekFM. My personal username is C, Brian Jones, the letter C and Brian with a Y. And of course, you can always send me a message through our contact form at trek.fm slash contact or a voicemail through speakpipe.com trekfm. Also, be sure to check out that 50th anniversary rewatch show that I just mentioned, the one that Megan shared in her article. It's going really well. My block of shows is dropping right now, the first block that I did, and I'm doing those together with Aaron Harvey. You can sample that as well as all of our other great shows through the TrekFM Masterfeed or get them all as individual shows if you prefer. You can find them pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, Blackberry, most all third party apps you'll find us if you just search for Trek.fm. And of course, you can stream from our website and download the MP3 files and get the RSS links there. And if you enjoy our shows, please consider helping us keep it all going by supporting us through patreon just visit patreon.com slash trek that's patreo ncom com slash trek to get all the details including perks how you can become involved in the network become an associate producer all the other things we have for you there and get access to our great exclusive website patron zone well thanks everyone for tuning in today i'll be back tomorrow with another story for you until then go watch some trek